Welcome to Project Chatter, the podcast where PPM experts from various sectors talk about the latest trends. Listen to Val and Dale as they talk about tried and tested best practices and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to progress your career, improve your project control skills, or just want to hear an Aussie and South African rant about projects, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Project Chatter podcast with your hosts, Dale Fung and Val Matthews. This podcast is brought to you by Plan Academy. Plan Academy is the world's leading learning site for anyone working in construction, project management, or project controls. At Plan Academy, you learn construction, planning, and scheduling theory, how to master scheduling software like Primavera P6, and even advanced construction scheduling techniques. Plan Academy's courses are 100% online and at your own pace. You can learn at the office, at site, from home, anywhere. Get $75 off any Plan Academy course by visiting planacademy.com forward slash chatter. That's planacademy.com forward slash C-H-A-T-T-E-R. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by justdo.com. Justdo is a great business and project management tool we've been using here at Project Chatter. I agree, Val. I like to keep things simple and Justdo is perfect for that. But I do know it's got a lot of powerful functionality as well. And one of my favorites is the task-specific chat. Absolutely. And for all you slackers, don't wait for Monday. Check out justdo.com. Now on with the pod. Hello, project people. You are listening to the Soothing Sounds, yes, number three, Dale, of the Project Chatter podcast. I'm your host, Val Matthews. And as always, I'm joined by my big mate, Mr. Dale Fung. Hey, Val. So it looks like your Soothing Sounds is going to stick on the pod. If it's three in a row, I think that is it. But yeah, uh, hi, folks. Uh, Another fantastic guest joining us today, Val. Absolutely, mate. And uh, before we get into it, just a reminder for all those listeners to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you listen to your good podcasts on or remember remember your new channel for YouTube podcasts, our full podcast and bonus bits, um, head over to youtube.com. In this pod, we're joined by Mr. Joe Zobke. Did I get that right? No. (laughs) You want to try again? (laughs) Mr. Job Q. Yes. Mr. Joe Zobq, who is the CTO of Zebrium. Zebrium specializes in embedded systems, client servers, database technologies, mobile and desktop applications, and helps to accelerate product engineering. Welcome, Joe. I got your name wrong. I knew I would. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. How are you, mate? (laughs) I'm doing great. And we practice too, you know? I mean... (laughs) I know. I don't know. I, don't know. I know. It's like it's crazy. Um, thanks for having me, guys. It's nice to meet you both. Yeah. Pleasure, mate. It's it's our pleasure to have you. Um, we're going to be talking to Joe today about how to be an effective, hands-on virtual project manager. But before we get into the detail, here is Dale with Joe's bio. Cheers, Val. So I'm going to jump straight into this. Joe has been in the tech industry for over 30 years. He has been a developer, project leader, and team manager in businesses ranging from a few employees to thousands, having worked in pharmaceuticals, academia, and commercial software supporting millions of users. His experience spans multiple platforms, and his interests and expertise include design, development, process, and quality. So short and to the point, Joe, it's, as Val says, fantastic to have you on the pod. Um, 
And, you know, we, we, we're going to go all over the show with this in terms of, you know, being virtual and hands-on uh, as a project exactly. manager. But um, before we do that, I thought it'd be great, uh, you know, just if we could expand a little bit uh, on your origin story and, and perhaps specifically with the, the, the project management um, slant, if that's okay. Sure, of course. Um, I uh, went to college for music because I didn't want to go to college. Um, so there's that. Um, but it, during that time, I got involved in computers and, you know, basically kind of became a computer programmer, developer, whatever you want to call it, um, really writing music software in the very beginning. And that's been a thread sort of throughout my career. Um, but uh, right after college, I managed to land a job writing Macintosh software. I've, I've pretty much been a Mac fanboy uh, as far as uh, that goes. And I've, uh, although I have had a stint on the Windows side of things for a little while in the pharmaceutical industry, um, pretty much everything has been has been Macintosh or, you know, once the iPhone came out, iOS uh, related, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so uh, I started out, you know, super green. Um, no one can see it, but almost like Dale sweatshirt. You know, I had no idea what I was doing development wise. I was not trained to be a developer. I was completely self-taught, uh, but I had a, a, a great mentor who was just this, you know, super geeky, really smart developer uh, guy. And he uh, just kind of taught me the, 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 the ropes of software development back in the early nineties. Um, and it just kind of went from there, you know, uh, different companies along the way, some large, some small, um, working for myself uh, here and there throughout. And actually, uh, you know, when you work for yourself, um, you're not only constantly looking for the next gig as you're working on the current gig, um, but a lot of times you're doing all the work, you know, which mm. includes development testing, talking to clients, planning, and ultimately, you know, which kind of boils down to project management. Um, so that was really, I think, the first time I didn't realize it back then that I was, you know, managing a project. There was a time where I don't know if it wasn't, it was probably just me that didn't call it that because I was, I, I was too young. I didn't know what I was really doing. But eventually I realized, hey, this is project management. And I've, you know, got this umbrella beneath me that I'm basically managing um, from start to finish, including hopefully invoicing the client and cashing the check at the end, you know, at the end of that. Um, and as my career progressed, it, you know, got more official, right? You know, when you're working with a bigger company and yeah. there's more people with eyes on you and there's more people beneath you, you know, working for and with you, um, you you have to take that role a little more seriously than when you're just, you know, kind of sitting in your home office, you know, writing Macintosh or iOS programs for a single client. No, that's fantastic. And um, it just goes to show that, you know, I think these days people choose to get into projects in certain, you know, whether you're project manager or, you know, in, in terms of what we do, project controls or PMO space. Um, and it's fascinating to to hear, you know, 
the 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 origin stories of how people fall into these spaces and how it sort of evolves over time. But thank you for sharing that. Um, it, I think it provides those folks a, a good uh, view of the angle we're coming at, and um, particularly on how to be hands-on in this virtual world. So um, just to give everyone an understanding, you're coming um, at us from the States at the moment. Where are you based? Uh, I'm in North Carolina, East Coast of the United States. Nice. And uh, the weather's all good there, treating you well? Um, generally speaking, it's good. We actually had our uh, yearly snowfall yesterday of nice. about an inch or so. It was nice. melted by pretty much noon. Um, so no shoveling required, which is good. Nice, nice. Well, I'm sure there's some project management skills involved in that too. Um, and that sounds pretty hands-on. So let's right. get into it. So let, let's start. We're, we're living in this virtual world. Um, and everyone, well, unless you're in Australia, a lot, a lot of people are working from home. Um, there's <laughs> these things like Zoom fatigue. Um, there's well-being, isolation, all these various aspects that project managers need to consider when they're managing teams and getting people motivated, motivated, etc. Has the has the skill set required changed? Has the the landscape changed in terms of what you need to 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 do to be more effective as a project manager? And and what does it actually mean to be hands on in this virtual world? Um, I know that there's a whole bunch of questions in there, um, Joe. But I'm I I know you're open to sharing all of your thoughts on this. So I'm I'm eager to hear what you got to say. Well, it all sucks, Dale, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people come at it from different places, right? And and my experience aside, the form that I've worked in over the years has been remote a lot of that, a lot of the time. Okay. Um, you know, number one, I'm an only child. So I was used to like being alone and entertaining myself, you know, and what, you know, on a computer or whatever. Right. Um, to be honest with you, I think, you know, as I've gotten older and I look back at kind of what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing now and where I came from, I, I feel like from a personality trait, that actually helps in the remote world for sure, you know, because people are alone a lot. Um, Zoom is great, and it is it, it is great to communicate with people like this. But you know, there's no water cooler in my house. You know, you don't pass you know some idiot on the way to the bathroom. Uh, well, some people may in their house, who knows? But you know that that chews your ear off, you know, against the, the wall for you know 15 minutes that you're trying to escape. Um, that could actually probably be a good little Zoom business uh, that somebody could whip up, but. Um, so, you know, there's certainly some people come more prepared to this virtual world than than others. Um, I've probably worked out of, you know, 30 plus years in the industry, probably 12 years or so have been working for myself, working remotely. Like I said, you know, when I was doing the one man band stuff, I had clients that I never met and in the days before video, you know, you would talk on the phone, you know, to base in through email to basically pin down project requirements and decide what was going to be done and, and so on and so forth. So there's, uh, I have a handful at least of clients that I've worked with that I have no idea what they look like. 
You know, I, I know their voice, but never met them in person, never talked to them via video or anything like that. So there's definitely a lot of, there's a, this is a large scale, right? Um, as far as, uh, you know, working, um, uh, how do I want to say this, I guess. Um, so certainly some people are more prepared for it than others, I guess, is, you know, kind of the summary of that. And and I, I and I, I spend a lot of my time alone um, by choice. I think Joe, uh, when you got kids in the background, um, and I know it's difficult when you work from home and you've got all these distractions. But you know, when the COVID when the COVID thing hit, you know, we saw this rampant ad- adaption, I guess, or adoption, sorry, of of technology. I, I thought it was the best thing in the world. I thought finally we're all going to get on the same platform, and it's going to change work. Uh, the way we know it and rules are going to change. And, and I think they are, and I think they will. And and then I look at Zoom and I look at Teams and I'm like, and I'm not saying I'm a software developer, but is this the best we've got? Is this the best that yeah. we can come up with? And do you see, like, what would you, if you if you had to build build it again, where would you take it? What would you, what would you improve? What would be your tips on on a nice platform that we could all enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Zoom is you know kind of the gold standard in my opinion. I, I used it for a yeah. bunch of years um, in the job I was at before Zebrium, uh, and and I was here in North Carolina. Um, there were people in California that I spoke with regularly, um, people in Israel that I spoke with regularly. Um, the job I'm in now, I talk to California and India primarily. Um, you know, Zoom is definitely, Zoom works, right? Like that's one of the biggest hassles right now, I yeah. think is people are using a lot of different tools. Google Meet is is good too. I'm actually working, uh, we have a, yeah, it is. Uh, a contractor that they choose to use Google Meet and I let him, you know, send me the URL most of the time. So I end up using Google Meet. But uh, interestingly enough, for some reason, uh, the latest version of Big Sur on the Macintosh, Google Meet fails when you're connected to an Ethernet cable. It works fine wirelessly, but not otherwise. It's like, seriously, what That's kind of weird, bug yeah. is this, right? So hmm. hopefully that'll be fixed soon. But um, I was just in a call yesterday where um, the, the it was more of a webinar, but they decided to use uh, another product that just completely didn't work at all. It's one that's not super popular. Um, so there's a lot of choices right now, no, you know, yeah. number one, which makes it hard because when this whole thing first started, you know, I'm, I'm the computer guy in a lot of my circles. And so people call me for advice or help when something's not working, you know, whatever. And it was amazing how many people would call and be just like, you know, what's Zoom? You know, people that work in the real world, they really didn't ever use it before this. Now we're using it to have, you know, drinks at 7 p.m. and, you know, virtual dinners and, you know, things like this, obviously, tons of meetings. So there's there's just a lot of uh, people need to be kind of educated up to this stuff, which I think we're pretty much there now. School is another huge thing. You know, completely. The, ki- totally. the kids have the kids have it down. Like you know, I've got a couple teens, and and they're fine with it. They know what they're doing, and 
they're better than me. Um, yeah. especially when it comes to pretending like you're paying attention and, and not right. You know, um, putting your face up there, but you're actually off here playing a video game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the teachers right. on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of teachers that whether they're just, um, older, so they're not as in tune with technology as say younger teachers, um, or they just don't have the experience with, you know, video conferencing. I guess that's the old way of saying it. But um, uh, Bitcoin, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it is it is very hard just to kind of get everybody up to that level playing field. Now, those of us like myself that have been doing this stuff for a long time and pretty much been using Zoom since, you know, since it appeared, um, to be honest with you, we're all kind of pissed off because now they know the secret. They know, no, that was the, yeah. they know about working at home. They know about nap time. They know about, you know, going to the kitchen and grazing whenever you want to. It's, uh, it's not good for the rest of us, if I'm being honest. <laughs> exactly. And I think, uh, you know, you mentioned this schools. I think it was a rude awakening when we, you know, when we went through COVID and we had those lockdowns and, and some of us are still going through them, but how, how, um, not educated, I guess, but, how ill-informed or our framework and systems were for to apply to it, but how quickly they did it, how quickly they moved to the yes. virtual platforms. They were using, I think they were using Google Classrooms and they had assignments online and they logged them in and it was kind of pairing a few different applications together, but those three or four applications kind of made a classroom yeah. relatively effectively. I mean, you know, we still had to discipline the kids and make sure they weren't just going into the fridge and eating everything and then and then going outside and playing and saying that they logged in, but... You know, right. that's that's a form of innovation and ingenuity as well. But as I said before, I think, you know, oh, you said it as well, like we've got this baseline now, the secret's out. You know, all the developers are pissed off because we know your secret now. Um, but there's always the next thing, isn't there? There's always the next thing. So what is, you know, I'm trying to get an idea of how do we make this more applicable to project space? Now, I know Microsoft will jump on anything where they can they can turn a profit. And, you know, they jumped in with Teams. Yeah. I think Teams wasn't ready when they launched it, which is pretty yeah. normal for Microsoft as usual. And then they roll out a whole bunch of improvements as they as they go along. But it's heavily, it's heavy on resources, if you know what I mean. So just to get a bit geeky. But if you yeah. have Teams running and a few other applications that, you know, in the project space, you might have P6 and a few other heavy like Oracle Dell Tech products, the thing just crashes. And I was, I was, I'm just so looking for something like a, a light Zoom that would integrate with like a project task manager or some type of way to present and have multiple feeds without having to move from application to application. Do you see that on the horizon? Um, that's a good question. Um, I uh, have a friend who is a futurist. We should have invited him. Ooh, um, yes. But uh that's a very good question. And, you know, when you think about that, like, so, like I said, I, I feel like zoom is the gold standard. It just works. You know, you don't have to mess around with it. You know, when, when, I've never had a technical issue with zoom as far as I could recall. Um, yeah. Slack is another one, obviously that just pretty much works. You know, obviously these things go down here or there, there's issues, but for all intents and purposes, those are the gold standard in my opinion. Now, you know, I think eventually um, this stuff's going to have to be built into OSs. You know, I'm a Mac guy. So, you know, the Mac has FaceTime, okay. but yep. even FaceTime, that's more kind of for friends and stuff like that. I think it supports up to 20 uh, users now FaceTiming at a mm. time or something like that. But um, 
you know, that's not, that's not corporate ready. And so you can't have a, you can't have a meeting with 50 people in it, or you can't do a webinar with it and stuff like that. Eventually this stuff's going to have to be built into the OS, but you know, that all of a sudden that's a, that's a bigger problem because I don't know if, uh, on, on the Mac, you guys remember Sherlock, um, it was uh, like a, a way to search on the Mac, kind of maybe like what Spotlight is now, where you know you can just type something in, it'll find any file, whatever. You know, there was a third-party app that came out that did you know finding and things like this, and Apple basically you know implemented their idea and put it in the OS, and that app went away, and so it's known as being Sherlocked. You know, when when a company, Apple or Microsoft whoever kind of takes this idea builds it into the os so all of a sudden all of these other apps are really kind of no longer necessary you know um so i want to say that now with um sorry to jump in there i kind of saw that with with slack you mentioned slack didn't um salesforce acquire them not longer so we we i thought the rumors were something around they were looking to kind of position themselves um as as always against competitors like microsoft where yeah. Microsoft had Teams, they have Slack, they've got the CRM, they kind of bolt yeah. on all these these software stacks. And then, like you said, and then someone comes in and rolls out a uh, an addition patch to the operating systems. And is that how it's going to be, you think? Um, I think eventually it has to be a default tool. It has to be like an email app, yeah. right? Like you can't, yeah. buy, you can't buy a computer without an email app on it. And, you know, for me personally, I use Gmail in, in a web browser. Even though the mail app is sitting right here, I just prefer Gmail. It allows me to, you know, get my mail wherever I am and and whatnot. So, um, but having the mail app, like if you, would anyone even come out with a computer these days that didn't have a mail app? Even if it was a crappy little mail app, it kind of needs to be there. It's a default thing. Um, We're certainly getting, getting to the point where a way to communicate via text like Slack and via video and audio like Zoom, probably needs to appear in operating systems as a default tool. The 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 the, the true gold standard tools like Zoom and Slack and Meet, they're still going to rise to the top. People will still mm-hmm. you know go to the extra effort of installing and using them um, because they're just better uh, or you know whatever the case is, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 what it's going to look like, you know, I don't want any VR, AR, none of that crap. You know, that that stuff's just, it's CPU <laughs> hog, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. for me personally, this is fine. If I, can, if, if I can see your face, if I can talk to you without jitteriness, right? Like, look at us right now, you know, US, UK, and, and Australia got a pretty darn good connection going here, right? There's like, there's, there's no jitter or anything. You'd think we were in the same place. Um, so, uh, that, that needs to be priority and infrastructure is another thing. You know, I've got a one gigabit Google fiber connection at my house that is pretty cheap these days, $70 us a month. Um, I couldn't live without it now especially in this time, especially when you have four people in a house all on Zoom calls at the same time or Google Meet or whatever. There's a lot of stuff going on these days in households. So, you know, the infrastructure also needs to be built up to to meet sort of this new demand in this new world we live in because 
even once COVID is gone and we get back to, you know, as normal as we can get, let's pretend like it's the normal we were at a year and a half ago. Um, people aren't going to want to go into the office. You know, we've all learned uh, now that sitting in traffic for 30 minutes or an hour is a waste of time unless, you know, I mean, who listens to podcasts, right? I mean, that's the only time, you know, I mean, podcasts, (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I completely get you, mate. And and you're right. I mean, it's the whole idea of the CBD, you know, is, is the central business district. I think we need to drop the central and, you know, people have got better infrastructure setups at home than they do in the office. So Absolutely. we're getting, you know, we, I've got the same. We've got fiber connected. Um, it's super fast. Um, if I went into yeah. the office, I, I might get comparable, but, you know, the views are uh, less enjoyable. So there definitely is a shift and, and our value sets have changed now that we know. I think we've convinced ourselves that it can be done at mass, at scale, that we can go from, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of people having a flexible working week to we can have a whole workforce remote. And I guess yeah. you guys, you, you guys have known this for a long time. Um, it's just the rest of us catching up. Um, but but going, I mean, I'll pass on to Dale in a second. But going back to the hands-on virtual project manager, we, we talked about Zoom as kind of your, I guess, you're connected to your clients, you're connected to your other team members. It's a way to kind of um, build rapport, which we're all kind of getting used to. It's not as easy to read a room when you've got you know, 20 people on a on a Zoom call, but it is way better than a phone call. So we are progressing. How does how does one then manage the the workload remotely, and and you know how does a virtual project manager do that in the twenty twenty one era? Yeah, um, well, the first thing I'll say is that you know I think uh, virtual just in general is is hard for a lot of people because it, it when you when you would go to the office, you know, you leave the house at eight a.m., you get to the office, you work till five. You go home, you have dinner, you know, it's a cycle. You do it all over again. When you're working at home, it's 24 hours a day. You know, I, I'm, uh, you know, you get bleep this out if you need to, but you know, I'm an old guy. I get up to pee in the middle of the night. And when I get up to <laughs> pee and my phone is sitting on my nightstand, you I would be lying if I, you know, told you I did not take a look at it. And Sometimes if there's a message sitting there in Slack from somebody in India, you know, because we're in a global world here working, um, every once in a while, you know, I'll at least look at it. And hopefully it's not something that like someone is waiting for my response on something because I'm also the kind of person that I I like to be responsive. And if it's 3 a.m. and somebody has a question and they're basically stuck for four hours until I really wake up. Um, I like to get that response out, you know, as long as I don't have to like go to my computer and boot it up and stuff. If I can just go tap something out real quick, send a mm. message. Um, but you know, one of the biggest problems working virtually, regardless of what your position is, is just knowing, keeping some of your time for yourself, you know, setting up those, those walls where it's like, look, I'm not going to work before 7am or before 9am or whatever whatever's appropriate. And, you know, I'll be damned. I'm going to take two hours around dinner time to, you know, be with my family and cook and clean up and maybe not clean up, let somebody else do that, but, you know, do whatever (laughs) needs to be done to have the me time. Um, Otherwise you are not only getting burnt out because, you know, a lot of us are stuck at home. uh, 
and there's the 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 missing social you know access but uh you're also just working yourself to death so so that that's super huge just overall i think um to get back to the question about you know project management specifically um one of the big things i think is you know you, you have to have a team that understands how the team as a whole and i say team you have to have a development team that understands how the team as a whole um functions and manages projects like whether you're developing software or hardware or you know pharmaceutical drug or you know whatever it is you're developing that someone is managing that project that whole team needs to know what the expectations are and the main reason for that is to avoid some of the you know issues where you get stuck especially in this in in the global the 24 hour clock um where if I wake up, you know, and I've got people in India who are offline by, say, 9 a.m. my time, um, if I don't look at things before then and ask a question before then, I'm technically probably stuck until 9 p.m., maybe 10 p.m. my time when that person wakes up, gets online themselves, and, you know, can answer my question. So, and, and I've seen this happen so many times in, in so many different projects in multiple companies where, you know, a project manager might look at a certain field, right? The status field in whatever software you use, it doesn't matter. And, you know, one of the first things you do in the morning, maybe is you go in, you see, okay, what, what are people working on? What's the status? You know, how are we doing on the timeline? Blah, blah, blah. Project management, you know, gibberish. And, if somebody forgot to fill something in that can like potentially maybe on one day, it's not a big deal. Oh, they didn't fill this in. I'll just talk to them tomorrow on another day. It's like, Holy crap, this needed to be done. You know, we got mm. another group waiting on this particular thing. This code isn't merged yet. What is going on? Why was this not done? There's no comments. There's no status update. You have no idea what, what just happened while you were sleeping. You know, it, it could be a big problem. It could be somebody just dropped the ball. It could be somebody sick. You know, it, it could be a big deal or it could not be a big deal, but it's a big deal to you. And you're basically stuck not knowing the answer for 12 hours. That's like probably one of the worst situations I think you can end up in, whether you're the project manager or even a developer waiting on another developer, right? Mm. Or a documentation person, a website, you know, person waiting on, on uh, copy to put on the website. I mean, these relationships go all sorts of different directions, but the bottom line is people need to know on your entire team what's expected of them, you know, how the team sort of flows. Um, and uh, communication is key. Like, I try not to go to bed without updating someone as to where I am if if especially if I know it's going to matter to them when they wake up and I'm you know sleeping so I think I think that's super important hopefully that answers the question no it, it certainly does and I think you know there's a I think the number of people that I work with that um are kind of looking for a silver bullet when it comes to systems and 
and technology, but but really you you pinpointed it down there. At it, it, end of the day, it comes down to communication. Obviously, that's a lot harder and there's time zones involved. Maybe we can implement some type of, um, you know, genetic manipulation in the future where people don't have to sleep. I don't know. But the idea of um, having um, a clear communication and understanding of everybody's role and, and how that sequence of works happens is not going to go away in the future, it sounds like. So I'll let Dal get a breather in and and, uh, and have a comment. No, I'm, I'm loving listening to this. Um, a whole host of things popped up for me. You, you mentioned, Joe, about um, sort of me time and calendar management. And I was wondering, you know, if, you know, the, the default, as you say, is your, your, your mail app. And for most that are, you know, in, in companies, it's Microsoft and it's Outlook and, you know, managing that calendar. Um, but then also you spoke around communication and the different tools you might get. Um, we got to throw in the mix there. Just do, just do.com as well. Um, it's a neat little, little, little tool that you can go out and, and check Absolutely. out as well. But, um, around meeting etiquette was something that I wanted to drill down into. So one of the things for me, so, so one, so we'll get back to the calendar management and how to respect people's time because they need time away from the screen and how we can do that. Mm. But if we just first focus on meeting etiquette, so you, you, you've mentioned you have the zoom, which is, as you say, your gold standard, but whether you're using teams or whatever the case would be a video conferencing tool, you you're interacting with someone like this. And, and for me, it, it, it should be trying to replicate in person as much as possible. And so I always try and encourage people, turn your video on, you know, yeah. it's okay if you have cats and dogs in the background and your kids are running around, that's, that's normal these days, it's okay. Um, mm. if, if you feel more comfortable, you can put on a nice shirt or a scarf or whatever the case may be, um, but, put it on because you know you want to be interactive and also not only for the person you're talking to but for yourself you actually feel less isolated i find um when your video is on but some people battle with that um because they they struggle to see themselves on screen um and and to the 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 other the other blockers for people doing that so one was how do we encourage people to be more interactive because if if say you were in a meeting in the physical office you d- you don't have a black screen to stand behind and listen into the right. meeting right it would be quite odd so why is mm-hmm. it now more acceptable to just have your screen off other than right. to respect that someone wants it that way yeah and i'll i'll answer that question for adults but that that's a that's a kid that's a school problem too um i i i know people who are teachers and deal with this and you know they're constantly, you know, trying to get kids to turn their video on. It gets worse, I think, in high school, um, yeah. where you know kids are laying on the couch, you know, while they're in class, and they're basically, you know, phone above their head, you know, just sort of like they're surfing Instagram or whatever. Um, but uh, so that's that's definitely a problem. And and you know, for me personally, like I, I have one meeting, my first meeting in the morning where we tend to not use video because um, they have a bad connection uh, a lot of times. Uh, and so in that case, you know, it's just audio. It's me and like two other guys. And we just, you know, we know each other well enough where we just talk. It's usually a quick call. And, and so we just kind of do it that way. You know, that's kind of what we settled on. But, but I have another call. I have a one o'clock uh, one-on-one with a developer and uh, he's in California and he, 
he prefers video. Um, and usually you can tell, you know, this morning, right? Like, like as I was getting ready for this call, I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, I know this is a podcast, so it's audio only, but I was like, I wonder if these guys use video when they're talking. And I was kind of trying to think through like, do they, or don't they, will they, or won't they, you know? And sure enough, when I connected, I see Dale sitting there and I was like, Oh, video. Okay. Turn on video because it, it that's almost like a, uh, uh, the pre-COVID situation of, hey, if somebody puts their hand out to shake your hand, well, what do you do? You put your hand out to shake your hand, to shake their hand, right? You don't just pull away. It's it's kind of a courtesy thing as well. Um, but I, I completely agree. Like video is huge, being able to see people, especially, you know, uh, being able to kind of zoom in and see what's on their wall and maybe what their bank password is. What's that piece of paper they got back there? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Cameras aren't really up to par. That's really what needs to improve is the cameras. <laughs> so we can that really, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I think one thing that helps with that is like people need to talking about the time and stuff a little bit here, you need to get in the headspace of working right? Like the 7am meeting, I usually just kind of roll out of bed, you know, I brush my teeth, I kind of, you know, whatever, splash my face, might grab a cup of coffee, a glass of water, and I go talk to these guys for 10 minutes, you know, that, and, and, and then after that, I go get ready for my day. But um, there's other people that depending on their schedule, you know, it, it might make sense for them to get up 30 minutes early, do whatever you do in the morning, take a shower, you know, if you wear makeup, put on makeup, you know, fix your hair, do whatever you need to do, put on like real clothes, not just these hoodies, like, you know, we're wearing here. Right. Uh, I think I've had this hoodie on for about nine months, but, um, <laughs> it's faded. No, because it does put you in a yeah. different headspace, right. It puts you in yeah. kind of, okay, this is my professional mode and it helps you to, to, uh, get, uh, just just kind of get there a little easier also having a unique space you know there's certainly times where if i'm just working on something i'll go down in my living room or something and sit by a fire or look outside a window or whatever in a more relaxed space but if i have a meeting i tend to come to my office you know where i know that okay this is a work zone right this is generally where i do my work and when i don't want to be doing work i avoid the space um, so, so that certainly helps as well. Um, you know, if, if, if people just don't like to have their video on for whatever reason, like they have a zit or they just don't like the way they look, you know, the zit is an easy problem. It's going to go away. If, if you're just not happy with yourself, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. And you just sort of need to figure that out, I think. Yeah. Um, but but it is it is hard because especially if you're in an if you're in a meeting where you know seven people have their video on and one person doesn't like unless they say oh my internet connection's acting up which is a great excuse these days um, you know uh, maybe that's just the way they always are they don't have their video on eventually some people learn to accept it as long as they're interacting right yes yeah. Then there's the situation of, you know, sometimes you're just in a meeting to listen. You might be driving, 
You know, you might be on mute. You might be making dinner and you're really just walking around listening to what's going on. You may or may not actually get called on. In that case, if I'm on my phone and it's sitting on the countertop, you know, any video is going to be looking at the ceiling. So, you know, there's certain excuses for it. But, but yeah, I completely agree. Video is super huge to help to bring people together. Um, and uh, just to see people's facial expressions, you can really tell if they're lying about the status of uh, their task. Yeah. Yeah, no, no great points. And I, I guess, as you touched on there, there is an element where you do have to respect um, certain people's, I, I guess, personal preferences as well. Yes. Um, but I think um, as part of a, a leadership element to project management, um, we should be encouraging collective collaborative behaviors and i think that's what you're alluding to so i think those are really handy tips um for for those project managers and indeed not just project managers but people working in projects to to take in and say actually you know the the reason we get into projects is to deliver and to deliver on time and to budgets and what helps with that is collaboration communication all that sort of thing and because of the current world we're living in you know, turning on your video might seem like a small thing, or perhaps it's a big thing for you, but there's there's yeah. actually a lot that can be gained from doing yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, and then if we just jump into the the calendar management aspect of things as as a PM, I you know, so so for for the examples you've used, it's you know cross continents, cross time zones, but those that say were construction based on a site or whatever the case may be, or a, a single time zone, um, and one of the things that I've been encouraging as well is uh, away time from the screen and, and blocking out in your calendar, um, you know, that you're going for a 20 minute walk or whatever the case may be, just to have that break. Um, and also to perhaps set up one or two meetings um, with colleagues where it might be 15 minutes where you're not talking about work. So those, you know, those water cooler, or as we call in the UK, those coffee, coffee uh, kitchen breaks uh, that you normally chat about. Um, so I'm just wondering though, uh, in terms of from a project management perspective, are there other things we need to be encouraging one in, in terms of how our team behaves so that their well-being is taken care of because we all know well-being contributes to productivity. Um, but then two, also in terms of that software, is there something better than Outlook to manage all of this? Um. Yeah, I hate Outlook. Me you know, too. So I, I hope Microsoft is not one of your sponsors. Um, <laughs> not yet. You know, I'll tell you what I'll say. I love Outlook. That way you guys can <laughs> copy and paste. You can edit if you need to. Yeah, thanks. Um, man. My pleasure. It's what we do. It's what we do in hey. America. We help, we help people. Got um, you back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think to answer the question, Dale, um, I think a lot of it, to be honest with you, boils down to people's individual guilt. And, and I say that because taking a walk is a, is a good example, right? Like one of the great things about working virtually, uh, remotely, um, that, like I said, I've been doing for years and years and years is that you get to go out for a walk if you want to. You know, if at 11 a.m. I just got out of a meeting or whatever time I just got out of a call and I need to think about what was said or I'm stressed out about it or whatever, I might want to go exercise or, you know, I might want to just, you know, 
I don't know, go for a walk, uh, go for a drive, you know, go make a cup of coffee, go do something that is not work related, even though technically I'm still working. I think a lot of us are working 24 hours a day in our heads, right? Um, We're, we're a lot of times thinking about, about work. And, and I joke with this, uh, with this one guy I'm working with now, he happens to be in New York, thank God, same time zone. Um, And, uh, (laughs) You know, we we joke about like, does he bill me actually for just the time that he's thinking? You know, when he's on the when he's on the loo, right? The the loo is that what you guys call it? Um, nah, you know, are, are you billing me that. for that time <laughs> while you're thinking? Because I mean, technically, if you're thinking about my project, you're solving problems. Like, if, is it from the developer side of me? Um, my uh, little. Uh, tagline on some of my social media for years was, you know, glorified typist, because that's all developers are. We just know what to type and where to type it. Like that's literally all it is. Right. And so uh, we're glorified typists, but before you can actually get it out, you need to figure it out in your head. And so you figure it out and that's technically billable time, whether or not you're billing for it or not. In my opinion, it's billable time. Um, but, uh, I'm probably not going to ever get anybody to hire me for anything again. Now at this point, (laughs) no, they're going to check your invoices very carefully. Yeah. 24 hours, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, uh, machine, absolute machine. Exactly. Impressed. Um, but, but guilt, right? So I have seen like tons of my friends who have not been remote workers uh, in general, um, have had this conversation with me where it's like, you know, well, I just feel like I got to be working all the time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I got, I feel like I need to be available during dinner time and, and whatever. And I feel like I need to be working up until 10 PM at night because other people are, and that's going to basically kill us all, you know, that kind of thinking, because even if you didn't have a job, if you were just stuck at home, during COVID times, you know, people, people are having issues, right? Like there, there are mental health issues just because of that in general, right. With Mm -hmm. where you may have no other responsibilities other than watching television, feeding yourself and, you know, sitting around all day. Like even if those are your responsibilities, uh, that's tough in this, in this day. Um, When you add in extra stress of, wow, now I work with, you know, even if it's just three other people, but 20 people or 50 people, and potentially they're around the world. And, you know, what if they call on me? I need to be able to answer their question right away. I can't take time for myself. That, that's like a big problem. So one of the things that I've always told my friends is like, look, this is one of the, um, uh, going back to the joke of, you know, now they know the, the you know, what this whole remote thing is like and how great it is, that's a perk. And that is the water cooler time. That's the time that, you know, you go out to lunch in a real office maybe, or that's the time where you just, you know, play solitaire on your computer at work or whatever people do. Um, You need to carve that out for yourself and, and really almost make that part of the habit. Um, We sit way too much in front of screens you know, I'm super guilty of it as well. And I try to break my day up. Be, my personal um, 
tactic for this is is breaking the day up. You know, I know I have a meeting at 7 a.m. I take that. And then I go, I get ready for my day. I maybe make some breakfast. I know I'm probably, I don't really need to talk to anyone again until probably about 10 a.m. So I got a good potential three hour, you know, block of time that I can just kind of do what I need to do. I can run an errand if I need to run an errand. You know, life still goes on. I still need to mail things, right? I still need to go to the liquor store maybe once or twice, you know, a week. Um, You know, whatever the case may be. Um, So uh, that stuff is super important. And, you know, I'm not a mental health professional, so I really don't know the answer other than I think everyone just needs to figure out what works for them and make sure that you are not going to bed stressed. You know, if you're not sleeping because of work, that's a problem. You got to figure that out, whether it's talking to somebody or, you know, reading a book or whatever works for you yet. You got to figure out that balance and it's just different for everyone. Um, I know people that go in their offices at 7 a.m. And they might not come out till 7 p.m., you know, and they're basically just working for 12 hours straight. That's crazy. That's like that clockwork is. orange toothpicks in the eye, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, craziness there. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. No, that is crazy. And, and that's good advice, Joe. Um, and I think it's quite a delicate balance as project managers to in, encourage yeah. productivity, but also ensure that that balance is there. And creating that environment where people feel that it's safe to take a break and safe yes. to be away, um, and and to remove that that guilty feeling. So, um, yes. yeah, I, I I I do agree with you there. So, um, so if I can add ahead. one yeah. thing real quick, sure, absolutely. If, if 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 you're a boss, you know, and and if whether whether you're their boss from you know an HR perspective. Or if you just have people that look up to you and respect you in, in your place of business, it's up to you to help set that sort of example. You know, going for a walk is not loafing. You know, taking time mm-hmm. for yourself is not, you know, you know, fluffing off and doing whatever, you know, you know what I mean? It's not ignoring yes, yeah. your responsibilities at work. It's taking care of yourself so you can actually do the job better. And if people hire mm-hmm. up, in the the chain of command show that and and model that behavior then people lower in the chain of command um especially new employees there's a lot of people getting new jobs right now i was actually amazed at the number of people that i see in my twitter feed and friends that are you know getting new jobs like during this and uh, it's so weird because you know they're getting a job via zoom and then they have to figure out the dynamics of their group via, you know, 2d video. Yes. Right. Um, and that's like gotta be crazy hard. Uh, I, I, I kind of can't imagine that actually. Um, I did so, that Joe. Did you I did that for, yeah, I just started four months ago. That's exactly how I started zoom call. Now, admittedly, I yeah. knew the manager, but I didn't know anyone else. It was very, very difficult experience. So you, you're up, you're bang on there. Uh, it's yeah, hard so you, to read a room. Exactly. You got to, you got to yeah. figure out like, well, how does this team work? What are the, what are the expectations? What, you know, like, you know, if everybody else is not taking time for themselves, I probably don't want to work for them, you know, because I, 
you know, I'm too old for that at this point, you know, there's yeah. more to life than sitting in front of a screen all day. Um, but, uh, I think it's important to, you know, to have those lessons. One, one thing that of the people that I manage, um, and I just did this one day and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I don't know where this came from, but it worked out so well that I actually just love doing it now. You know, someone, someone that I managed came and I don't know if they had a personal issue or it was a personal, personal or a family issue or something. And they needed the day off and, you know, we were really busy. There was a lot going on. We really kind of needed them, but I was like, you know what, we're going to get through this and basically told the person, yeah, you need to take the time for you go do what you need to do. Don't worry about this place. We'll figure it out. And that made me personally feel so good to be able to say that, even though I was maybe freaking out a little bit about what actually needed to be done without this person's assistance. But we all need to, even if you don't feel comfortable saying that kind of stuff to people, you need to let people know it's okay to take care of themselves and do what they need to do. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna be a better employee for it, and you're gonna be a stronger team for it. Yeah, mm. absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And I'll hand to Val in a second and just comment that it's 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 so important, as you say, we're not experts in mental health, um, but we need to be that first um, sort of uh, line I of guess, defense. Yeah, yeah, line of defense, ears and eyes, keeping out, looking after yes. our team. Yeah. And the only real way is also to look after ourselves as leaders if we're fortunate enough to be in that position. And so I would then challenge leaders to say, are you taking time out for yourself? Are you taking time away from the screen? Because if you can't look after yourself, how can you look after others? Um, but that that that, that was um, sort of my final comment to that, Val. Over to you, mate. Yeah, no, no, I'll comment as well. I think there's, there's, a, there's enough research to indicate that um, giving people time off makes them more productive because – taking time for yourself, taking time to deal with your own problems. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a funny thing that I heard once was like, if, if everyone could hear everyone else's thoughts, you'd realize how batshit crazy everybody really is. We're all <laughs> monsters, absolute monsters. The thoughts that come through my head, Joe, I hope to God no one ever hears <laughs> them. We're all in that same boat, yes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think what, what, um, what COVID and, and this adoption of, of this virtual kind of PMing has unveiled is these vulnerabilities. Like we can actually dress down and we can still get work done. We can have crazy backdrops with all sorts of weird and wild artifacts and pets and, you know, parakeets and whatever else you got in your crazy caves and still get work done. And it's, it's a nice way of informalizing the formal where, you know, if you thought about corporate life and, you know, not like long ago, a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe still mm -hmm. in some places, you know, suit and tie, corporate attire was a, was a form of facade that you only wore at work and it actually was a form of exhaustion for a lot of people because it wasn't their true personality coming through. It affected how they managed. It affected how they operated with other people. And obviously, we talk about mental health now being a big thing. So it's, it's a really interesting um, transition. Um, and I just wanted to slide into a new conversation because um, this is relevant to, to yourself, Joe, around CTO. Like, what does a CTO do and how is it valuable to virtual project managers? Like, Why would I need a CTO? How can they help me in my projects and my organization? 
Right. So for anyone that doesn't know, CTO technically stands for Chief Technology Officer. Um, awesome. In in my case, so Zebrium as a company is about 50 people or so. Um, so in my case, I, there's no set role, to be honest. I mean, yes, it's an executive position, but I do whatever I need to do. You know, um, I'm technically, I probably should have said this from the beginning, you know, I'm not a project manager per se. I have certainly done project management. Uh, I've I've served that role um, throughout my career in a lot of different ways. Um, But, you know, there are real project managers who like, you know, know this stuff way more uh, inside and out than I do. Um, But having said that, you know, like I touched on, I think earlier, you know, I've done a lot of jobs. I've, you know, I've been the developer, I've, you know, designed software, I've kind of done all these things. And for me personally, right now, in a, in a relatively small company, as a CTO, I just do whatever I need to do. And some days it's, you know, writing a, a, a script. Some days it's talking to contractors. Some days it's doing some design work. Some days it's doing very tedious things, whether it's in project management software um, or, or, you know, on GitHub or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, mm. Some days it's reading over legal documents. Like it's, it's across the board. So technically nobody needs a CTO or me, but, uh, no. yeah. um, but, um, <laughs> and, you know, I, and I think a lot of roles sort of have this now. I mean, uh, you know, even a developer role, you know, a developer, when I first became a developer, I was pretty much doing one thing. You know, I was typing code on one app and, you know, uh, working on an application um, in an application, just, you know, in a text editor. And I was kind of just doing one thing. Nowadays, like, regardless of your role, you're kind of, there's a lot going on in, in almost every role, you know, mm. um, you're the stalker the bagger and, you know, the person checking out at the grocery, you know, uh, register, you know, you, there's so people wear a lot of hats these days. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answers the question or not. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's your personal experience. So I'm, I'm just interested in how that, that kind of ties in with virtual project managers. So if, if there's, you know, if you're delivering work, it doesn't even have to be project managers because as yeah. you said, the, the role is versatile, but, how how does a, a CTO organize? So let's say you were employed in a, in a bigger corporate organization or a bigger project. Would you, yep. you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of people? Are the roles different, or they're very similar? They're just yeah. on, on bigger scales. I think I think they're I think they're different. Um, you know, I think a traditional CTO is you know has a way bigger office than the one I'm in now. Um, it usually is a maybe a corner office with a nice view of yeah. some trees, but uh, and and they also look at like bigger corporate stuff, right? Like what technology is this company using? Whether it's from a what are the tools we're using standpoint, or uh, what are what are we developing from a tool perspective? If we're a software company, uh, th- things like that. There's certainly different roles. I, I'm mm. not the CTO of a large company. I'm the CTO of a small company where we're all wearing many, many hats. The president of the company that I work for now, you know, he writes more code, you know, than some some developers. 
he's just constantly writing code. And it's someone that I've known for years. We used to be developers together. Um, I hired him 25 years ago or so, 30 years ago, maybe. And then he hired me back, you know, that many years wow. later. It was, uh, you know, I thought he learned his lesson, but apparently not. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so in, in a smaller company, you know, it's much like the one man band, you know, uh, when you're a developer and, you know, in my case, I was the only one running a company. I just did everything, you know, you do whatever needs to be done. Um, so yeah, certainly different roles. Um, I'm a, I'm a lowercase CTO. Yeah. <laughs> Underscore. <laughs> Uh, lowercase. That's fantastic. Well, I think um, the other thing I was talking or thinking about while you were talking there was how, um, you know, we, we went from, I mean, we're very industrious. We've got this digital kind of ramp, this acceleration of technology. And as you said, you know, you could be up taking a leak in the loo at 3am, but there's this obsession with just grabbing the phone and, dial, you know, dialing in basically, uh, entering the matrix. And, you know, these tools were kind of designed originally, I guess, some of them to make our jobs easier. But as you said, we, we seem to be working longer, harder, wearing multiple roles. Uh, we're getting more fatigued. Uh, do you think that this is inevitably part of our evolution to be, uh, you know, Elon Musk style symbiotic robots or plugged into some kind of oasis if Zuckerberg gets his way? What's how do we stop that from happening and how do we make tools our friends again instead of our hindrance? Yeah, that's a very good question. I, you know, I think a lot of it is getting used to it. Like we don't, we don't really know. We're starting to see the devil in this. Um, but um, I don't know that anyone has reacted to it yet. You know, no one really has the answer of how to make it, how to smooth it out. How to make we it like a little it. less? Don't we, we, we yeah, like I mean, it. to yeah. be honest with you, I think yes. All, all, everything being said, of you know, people being stressed and and whatnot. I mean, there is a lot to like, and and you know, it is new for. I'll make up a number. You know, ninety nine percent. It's new for ninety nine percent of people that are doing it right now. You know, and um, so it's exciting. And it's like, yeah, I get to work at home. You know, kids hate it because there's no snow days. You know, when mm. it snows, well, hey, you're already at home. Go to freaking school, you know. <laughs> uh, but, exactly. uh, you know, so there's some, there's certainly some downsides to it like that. But, um, yeah, it's new. It's exciting. You know, I think it, and it's really hard, you know, because we're in the middle of it now, especially with COVID, you know, there's still no way out of this right now. Like we need probably another year before people are going to be um, comfortable, you know, going back into offices if, if, but, you know, I drive around my city and there's a lot of empty office buildings with signs out front. That's going to be an interesting uh, thing to see what happens there, just real estate wise. But mm. um, I think we need to get out of it. You know, we're in, we're in a fog right now. We need to get out of this fog get far enough away from it and then look back at the fog and see, and, and, and you know, kind of like a post-mortem that you would do, you know, this is project management, right? Post-mortem. Yep, um, yep. You know, we need to do a post-mortem on this whole thing. Uh, I don't want to say experiment, but in a way it is kind of an experiment that was forced upon us. 
um, Those feel like see. one. Yeah. You know, to see yeah. like, okay, well, what worked and what didn't? And how do you get, you know, uh, people to take care of themselves? How do you educate people to, you know, kind of make the right choices and get the work done, but also do it in a, in a responsible way, responsible to themselves, you know, so they're Mm -hmm. not burning out. Um, So yeah, that's a very good question. We'll know, we'll know the answer probably in three years. Well, maybe we should uh, we should park a podcast and we can do a retrospective post mortem ourselves. Yeah, send say, me a cal- uh, send me a calendar entry. An Outlook is that? Will that still be yeah. here? Yeah, and what else is there? Outlook, <laughs> best email program going. Know, well, talk about pet peeves. I mean, I know we're heading to the end of the pod, but you know, emails. I mean, it's been around for a long time, and you know, electronic mail, if you like, is so. Mm-hmm. What's the word? Just. I, it had a peak. I think it was like early 2000s. It was really great. You know, had some really good features. You might get 10 emails a day. Yeah. Very easy to manage, organize, respond to, very clean. Had your little signature there. Looked very professional. I get, I, and I don't know if you guys are the same. I'm pretty sure Dale gets smashed because everyone sends their stuff to Dale. Um, I just send him blank emails sometimes, but you know, 200, 300 emails a day, like who, who is doing this? It's affecting. And you get this. The problem is you get these notifications, don't you? On your phone, it's, it's embedded in your iOS and you get these little ding, 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 little notifications, 3am in the morning. And you want that inbox to be zero. God damn it. So how do we stop this? How do we help project managers deal with a inbox of 300, 3000 emails? Yeah, I, you know, uh, filters are certainly your friend in, in whatever form they take in whatever email, you know, software mm. you use. Um, yeah. And definitely turning off notifications like, you know, like uh, we've got a number of GitHub repos, you know, it's for people that don't know, it's where you store source code and stuff. Um, and I get tons of notifications for those. And like when I first started at, at Zebrium, you know, I was setting things up and all of a sudden I realized, well, hey, my inbox is filling up with these notifications that I really don't care about. I, I kind of don't want to turn them off, but at the same time, I don't want to see them unless I need to go look at them. So you just need to figure, you know, that's a tooling issue. You just need to figure out how do my tools help me manage this? Um, you know, Apple has screen time. Eh. Screen time's okay. I mean, it's interesting for a kid. Makes you like feel bad, doesn't it? Doesn't it make you yeah, feel bad? You, know, you look at it and you goes, you were up 18% in last week and you're like, Rrr. what's really yeah. weird is like, I'll look what? at mine and it's like you were down 25% from last week. I'm like, that's bullshit. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, they're rookie they numbers count? and then you have to, yeah. you have to bump them up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I think it's a matter of just learning the tools and, uh, figuring out, like for me personally, as many notifications that I can turn off, I turn off. Um, messages on iOS, right? You know, for for text messages and stuff. Yeah. Um, I get so many, like back in the day, I didn't, you know, I would only get messages from like people I knew. Now I'm getting messages from, you know, the bank, PayPal, the post office, UPS, you know, uh, like, Tons and tons and tons. And all of those I just have on do not disturb, basically. So they get there and I can look at them at my leisure. But that's another huge problem. 
and I'm to blame, you know, too, these phones are with us way too much, like 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. Like I, literally if, if I'm in a, uh, in, unless I'm just going down to get a glass of water and coming right back up, you know, if I'm somewhere, it's like, uh, you guys have chapstick over there. You know what yeah, chapstick chewing, chewing is? Gum? Chewing gum? No, chapstick is like a lip balm. Oh, yeah. You put lip, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like people oh, are yeah, addicted. Yeah, yeah. Lip ice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people are addicted lip to ice. these phones yeah, like they're ice. addicted to chapstick, right? Like, you, you know, if I leave the house and there's not a chapstick in my pocket, I'm like having a panic attack that I got to get like a digital chapstick. crack. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's a bigger problem, right? Like we talk about how do we get out of the sort of the problem we're in now, but these phones have been around for, you know, what, 12 years now, you know, the good, the good phones. I mean, not the crappy phones, um, yeah, but you yeah. know, yeah. and that's a problem that's we, everyone knows about it. Everyone knows their kids spend too much time on this stuff, but most adults, and I'm guilty of this as well, you know, are like, yeah, but they're not, you know, they're not at the playground smoking weed. So it's okay. But in reality, it's not okay. Um, so yeah, so there, there's a there's a lot in tech that we have yet to figure out how to control. We're trying in baby steps. Screen time is a is a nice try, but it makes people aware, I guess, a little bit, and then maybe that's half the battle. But the problem is, you know, as humans, we're all just kind of weak at making changes that are better for ourselves. We all know we should exercise, but how many of us actually do? Yeah, no, they're they're good points. I think, you know, thinking back to how you would you would manage that. I mean, I, I know a lot of project managers that go out and they would start WhatsApp groups and and various other groups just to get that instant feedback, that camaraderie yeah. as well. Obviously, you're working remotely, but even with site teams, even before COVID, you know, you're using all these different apps just to maintain progress. It's like, is that really necessary? And then you're always on, and there's no off yeah. button when it's in your pocket. <laughs> And you go into the, you know, even when you go in the bathroom, it's right next to you. Like, how'd you get in here? Yeah. You know, exactly. It's like a magic wand that won't. <laughs> Which know, is why I never and- buy. That, that's exactly why I never buy a used phone. You don't know where it's been. Oh, nice yeah, tip. N- never buy a used phone. If anyone gets anything yeah. out of this podcast, don't buy a used phone. Don't buy a used phone. Um, but but it, it, I agree. I, I For me personally, I, 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 I want to be a minimalist. I'm not quite there yet. Um, my sock drawer screams that I'm not a minimalist. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think it's important with our tools to be a minimal, you know, to, to be a minimalist as well. Like if I could just use Zoom, I'd be fine. But, you know, I've got Zoom, I've got Jitsi, I've got Meet. Uh, I don't know. There's probably something else floating around. You know, I don't need, yeah. yeah, I don't need three yeah. or four different video chat tools. I need one and I just need it to work. Um, you know, I don't need a ton, ton of ways to communicate with people. Um, just give me Slack. I'm fine. You know, I'm like, as long as all my work stuff's in Slack. Yeah. There's WhatsApp for friends and this and that, that that's okay. But yeah, the less tools I think as a project manager, you have the better because then you get to know the tools better you learn how to, you just learn how to use them better. Your team learns how to use them better. They know what to expect. You know, uh, 
what they need to put in the tool for you to get out of the tool, what you need. Um, the less, less is more when it comes mm. to all this stuff, I think. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I'll probably go on my, my phone tonight and delete a whole bunch of apps because your, your phone should be minimalism. It's ridiculous how many apps I've got on this thing. It's like, Oh God. Yeah. And you know, there's a new one out now called signal. It's like a WhatsApp, but private and, Yep. You know, everyone's jumping on it. And I was like, wait a second, why am I jumping on this? And I'm just getting roped into more apps right. and more apps. And I think I think you're right. I think it, the smart virtual PM should minimalize their digital interaction and, and stick to some core systems that they know work and are, you know, gold-plated and do what they need it to be done and then stay away from everything else. Yeah? I, I mean, back in the day, there was like, you know, a spreadsheet right? Like a business person would, they'd have a spreadsheet app on their computer pretty much all day. And like, that was it. Now, you know, like right now I've got 10 applications running, you know, that I switch between back and forth and do different things. It's that alone is, you know, can be mind numbing. Yeah. Yeah. We need one app to rule them all. Um, I, I, I did use one that kind of try to integrate them all. It's called GetStation. And mm-hmm. it tried to link and sync all the logins. So you went to one tab and you had all your applications. It was pretty good. Check it out. Anyway, that's it for me. I'll, I'll hand over to Dale. Dale. Thanks, Fel. Such fascinating insights. Um, I, I love being sort of, you know, in the front seat listening to the podcast as a first listener. Um, but this brings us to a section that's called Defend the Indefensible. Joe, um, you are our okay. second victim. We um, we launched it on on our on our last pod, um, and it's a bit of fun. And so it's basically you know you hear these ridiculous statements, and um, we have our guest defend it. So um, you will have thirty seconds after <laughs> I ask the question. Uh, well, my internet connection is kind of acting up all of a sudden. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you get up for that, are you ready? Unfortunately, sure. Go for you it. You got it, Joe. You got this. <laughs> here we go. It's it, hopefully not too go. difficult. Difficult, but here we go. So the question is, or sorry, the statement is: We don't need soft skills. Hit your milestones and bud and budgets at any cost. Yeah. So that's not true, right? And um, I, I actually made some notes before we before this just kind of. Uh, different things that I sort of think about when it comes to this whole thing. Um, Soft skills are hugely important, I think. Um, You know, project managers tend to be the, uh, the bridge between the business and developers, right? Um, uh, I'm talking software, but it could be hardware. It could be whatever you're developing, right? Scientists developing drugs, wh- whatever it is. But the project manager is a is a is this bridge between the business, who all they care about is the numbers and the stock price and whatever else, and then the developers who are just trying to get through the day, you know, without creating another bug. Um, the soft skills for project manager are super important because you know, you want to be able to push your team, you know, to, to get stuff done, but you also don't want to push them so hard that they hate you, you know? And this was always for me personally, this was a good advantage for me because I came from the development side 
And so I always had the ability to kind of bridge that gap pretty well because I knew how to talk to developers and somehow I knew how to just talk to, uh, you know, business people who usually were the people you hated in high school, right? Like it's like these, these people. Um, but I always had the ability to, to kind of bridge that gap. And I think that's super important for project managers. Um, because, uh, you you're you're trying to please two sides of things right and the project manager is just stuck in the middle um and these things are not always going to come together uh there's so many cases you know in my experience where you know the development team's chugging along working on stuff and all of a sudden the business you know pops into a meeting and they're like hey we need this new thing and we need it next week you know that happens all the time everywhere right and it's like how do you how do you get through that without your development team quitting and you know the business usually gets what they want sometimes there's some hard truths there where it's like we can't do that you can't have what you want but um yeah so bridging that gap is super tough and uh so i think i, I think that's the end of my statement there i'm probably gonna no that's great with. that's great uh, I, I love how you just were like i can't defend that there's no ways I can defend that statement. Yeah, it's just, just not you just, true. You just can't. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, no, uh, it's great. Um, <laughs> thanks for that, that bit of fun. But we hear these ridiculous statements and we want to put them out there and see, you know, can we defend them? And sometimes you just can't. And, and that's great. So thanks, Joe. Uh, there's so much we covered. Everything from the technology, the um, behaviors, well-being. Um, I, I just want to thank you for your time, um, you know, and joining us all the way from across the pond or for, for, from Val, it's across many ponds. Um, and I just want to come to you for a final thought, Joe, that you perhaps sure. want to leave the listeners with and to take away other than don't buy a used phone. <laughs> yes. Don't buy a used phone. That was certainly, um, you know, for me, uh, regardless of what role you play on a team, whether it's project manager, developer, you know, lowercase CTO, uppercase CTO, it doesn't matter. Um, Communication is key. Uh, and what I mean by that is letting people know kind of what you're up to and how things are going. And, you know, don't wait for the last minute to say there's a problem, um, especially in this in this 24-hour clock world we're in. Um, I often think, uh, what, are, what, what are these folks doing while I'm sleeping? And what am I going to wake up to? that's going to be different or unexpected or what decisions were made that are going to totally, you know, throw the train off the tracks of what I was thinking when I went to bed, we're going down this path, you wake up and all these decisions were made overnight and now everything's different. Um, that's why communication is key. You know, you, you have to like let people know what you're thinking, what your status is of whatever you're working on, um, if you are looking at changing directions on a project or something like that, let people know that that's going to happen. People don't like surprises because you don't know what the, the other folks are thinking as far as, you know, they might have a three week plan of how they're going to accomplish a certain task, right. Or get, get to an end point. Um, if that changes out from under them, when they wake up in the morning, you know, that could be a problem. And, mm. but if, they knew this was coming beforehand, you know, 
there's more time to react, more time to accept it, more time to talk it out. Uh, so yeah, just be communicative, whether it's writing a comment in a project management software, updating, you know, uh, PR, a pull request in source code re repository, um, sending an email, a Slack message, just be communicative across the board as much as you possibly can. Agreed, agreed. And great advice to leave us with. Phil, any final thoughts from you? No, no, it's been great, Joe. Um, you're very humorous and you, you had some great tales and some great advice for those that are listening. So thanks for being on the pod, man. I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I was excited about it from the first time I uh, you know, got the email from you. Um, I wish we'd done it sooner. Absolutely. Absolutely. So folks, that's all we have time for on this episode, but it doesn't have to stop here. Support our charities and access blogs at projectchatterpodcast.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe on our YouTube channel and your podcast player so you don't miss the next one. A massive thank you to our guest, Joe Zobkew. Got it right. Very and thank good. you all. Oh, <laughs> and thank you all for listening. <laughs> Till next time, we say stay safe, be disruptive, and have fun doing it. From Val and me, it's bye for now. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the participating individuals and not necessarily to the individual's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. Additionally, any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.